You're now locked in the zone, zone 32. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Zone 32 podcast. We got a full house tonight. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Grant. His name is Will. Say what's up to the people. No. Ain't happening. What's up? Can't even tell you to fuck up because you already got me on the tangent. So hey, victory to you, Mr. Grant. Well done. But anyway, let's get enough to it because you because you're gonna get plenty roasted in this because Raven Steel has just happened and the Ravens came out on top without the help without having a response. Yes, the Ravens came out on top, 16 to 14. Kenny Pickett got hurt on the second drive, if I remember right, after a sack from Roquan Smith. Came back out in the game, and then they took him out because he was fucked off, and then Trubiscuit threw three picks. So, yes, all in all, it was a good Sunday. Drew, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to allow you the floor to give more detailed thoughts on what transpired during the game and your thoughts on one second-round receiver that the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted that many Ravens fans have been clamoring for. Honestly, I forgot that George Pickens even played because he was a no-show in the second half. Um, seems to be what, you know, losers do is that they put up uh, one good drive and then don't do shit for the rest of the non-factor. game. Non-factor. No, non-factor. Not serious, serious non-factor. I mean, the refs Yarn. played more of a factor than the scoring points. Refs played more of a factor than the scoring points than George Pickens. But anyway, um, <laughs> Rokon Smith is my player of the game. Rokon Smith and Patrick Queen up the middle was just uh, – that. that that is the – you know, that is our defense right now. Like, that is just a great linebacker duo. Roquan Smith was born to be a Raven. Um, I'm not sure why we haven't extended him yet, but I feel like we should get on top of that and give him a lifetime contract. Um, I did tweet lock him up at one point, and then I had to clarify that I wasn't talking about putting Roquan Smith in jail. But, you know, definitely um, definitely needs to be here long-term. Great fit and great trade by Eric Tocosta. I'll give him his uh, credit on that one. Uh, it was good seeing Marcus Williams back, too. Um, you know, he looked great again, picked off uh, Mitch Trubisky, which is not much of an accomplishment, but, again, looked like he hasn't really uh, missed a step. So, overall, defense looked really good. Um, it was good seeing J.K. Dobbins back, too. Uh, he didn't really look 100% like that. The, you know, the little weird limp that he had on that long run was somewhat concerning, and the pictures of his knee after the game were a little bit concerning. But if he's, you know, gutting that out and isn't going to go back on IR, then um, I'm happy to have him there. Because him and Gus are going to be what saves us from Greg Roman. Um, Greg Roman did not call a horrendous game on Sunday. But I think that's because his options were limited with Huntley going out and being stuck with Anthony Brown. He was almost, you know, forced to stick to the run. Um, there's been a couple screenshots floating around of, you know, like six guys on the offense ending up within five yards of each other again. So a couple of Greg Roman specialty calls there. Um, okay, okay. I'm, but I'm, on that one, I will give Spencer some credit. And I actually – I, I... – do I haven't you, seen the full play, okay. so I didn't. So know I do agree going. with him that because he he actually provided some evidence of this of uh, a Lamar play against Detroit, where basically it's a clear out play. So like we we have all those wide receivers in the same spot because they start they overload one side, they run them on all on crossers, so then it opens up one side of the field for the the quarterback to to take off. So it was sort of a design run. That's that's what Spencer said, and based on the the look on the field, the emptiness on one side, and then him comparing it to another play. I, I mean, I believe that it could traps. be what it could be what it is. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm totally for play calls like that because 
I mean, if, if you have a, a quarterback who can run, who can get you 10 yards or 20 yards on a like just a quick open play where, you know, he's, he's going to get tackled, but you're going to get a big chunk, then do it. That, that's just as good as, as a, a pass down the field. But if that's not what the play design was and it's just a terrible route tree, then yeah, then, you know, I don't know if we can disprove, prove or disprove it, but. All I know is that Spencer immediately responded and said it was a design play to get the quarterback in space to run. So if that's the case, I'm fine with it. If not, and fuck, Greg had a couple, but a, fuck Greg Roman either way. I mean, Huntley had a couple stupid runs on Sunday, too. Um, the one where we ended up having to challenge it, didn't get it, and then went for it on fourth down, where he dove out of bounds with the ball in the wrong hand so he didn't cross the, you know, the, the line to gain. Just... Again, this is the difference between Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley is that Lamar Jackson has that ball in his left hand and is reaching out of bounds and is across you know, line and we're getting a first down there. And Tyler Huntley, we're wasting challenges and then going forward on fourth down anyway. Um, I, honestly, too, like the offensive line looked really good, which was kind of shocking for me to say. Other than Morgan Moses had a couple uh, questionable plays here and there, everyone looked good, and that's including Ben Powers, who I have wished death on on this podcast several times. He may have, um, he may have looked the best – well – I don't know if the best yeah. Ronnie Stanley looked awesome. He, like there's, yeah. a, there's a, there's the, the play where the ball got thrown off his helmet. He was blocking two guys effectively. Well, and again, Tyler Huntley, what the fuck are you doing? Like Ronnie Stanley's hard to miss. He's really, he, you know, he's a big guy. Like it's really hard to not see him in front of you. And you just throw it well, off. The back as long, if you don't throw the ball from, you know, sidearm. From, not even sidearm. That was, that was like Chad Bradford submariner. This yeah, guy, it was he, just, that, that, that ball's coming from under his armpit. So, yeah, if he throws that ball, if he throws it normally, and I, I think it was a throw, attempted throwaway. I don't know. Like, I don't even know how you throw away the ball the over the middle doing. of the field, but I don't know what you're doing throwing the ball that low with you, you have a pass rush coming. You have Ronnie Stanley blocking two guys coming, like, you know, these guys are coming in like fucking Patriot missiles. So yeah. Ronnie Stanley did a great job there, but uh, I, I have no idea why Huntley dropped his elbow and, and tried to go sidearm there. But again, like that's it's uh, you, you watch Tyler Huntley play quarterback or you watch Anthony Brown play quarterback. And it's like, thank God we have Lamar and fucking pay the man because I do not want to deal with that shit. I mean, uh, Tyler Huntley had a couple throws to where I was just like, who the fuck are you throwing the ball to right now? Like it was just nowhere near where it was supposed to be. And some of them looked like miscommunications with the wide receivers. Oh, Demarcus Robinson looked good, too. Um, there's been some kind of groundswell recently of trying to get him extended. And I actually wouldn't hate that. So. Actually, yeah, because I'm he's more... not going to be he's not going to be wide receiver one. I mean, no. I assume now I, I say that that, that would be my issue. That, as, yeah. So the da- the dangerous thing is if they were if they extend him thinking like, oh, we found the guy. He's not the guy, but he is yeah. a guy who who I would be fine with being yeah. on this team in the future. He, he's, yeah, he's he... obviously performed well and he's a guy who can step up if wide receiver one goes when down. He... So yeah. he, he's done really but... well. Uh, I, I have that, no complaints about him. That's the thing that is, is that like yeah he sh- he needs to stay. He, he doesn't have to be the guy. He's not the number one, but he's a great two or three. Yeah, and he's great having to play the role of a one in this offense. He doesn't have to be like a Devontae Adams. He just needs to facilitate first downs and make you know key big third down catches. And he's done a great job of that recently. Yeah, he's a move uh, guy. Dobbins, he's a move guy. He is. He is. And he's and what he we signed Sammy Watkins in his hands. Yeah, but he can move with the ball in his hands too. So yeah. he's not—he makes great, you know, body, you know, body-controlled catches. Like, 
Um, he's in the right place. He knows how to, you know, work back to the quarterback. Um, JK he finds voids. He finds guy. gaps. That's a he huge does. thing. He does. And that's what I've been preaching from day one is yep. our receivers last year. We didn't find gaps, work back the quarterback, find the soft coverages in the zones, those areas. But JK Dobbins was the guy period on Sunday. Oh yeah. And it wasn't the fact that he, you know, rushed for over a hundred yards. It was the fact that you could tell he noticeably wasn't anywhere close to where he is. Like he should be where he, where he wants to be, but it's, it's his aggressiveness to the holes. A lot of guys that are coming off those types of injuries, they have they're hesitant to do those kind of explosive bursts through through congested areas. He wasn't. He hesitated, found his gap, boom, shot the hole. And that's that was what shocked me the most. Not that he was, you know, 20, 30 yards down the field and his knee wasn't bending as much as he wanted it to. So it looked like Greg Jennings and you know the famous YouTube clip. But at the end of the day, I mean he he did what he had to do and the offense was a completely different dynamic from what it has been recently even with Lamar and that's not a discredit to anything it just shows what his playmaking ability can do and he didn't he wasn't even a threat in the pass catching game which he is it you know he is we didn't even have to facilitate that we didn't we did not have a short pass like a short passing game there was no screens there was that wasn't part of the the game we really had no pass well, and so screens and screens and a positive running game are essentially the same things. A lot of times screens right. are part of the running game. So, you know, essentially we ran the ball so well, we didn't have to do screens is, yeah. is more or less what it went down yeah. to. Um, but, you know, with that being said, you know, it's not a knock on Snoop. I got a lot of heat from a lot of random ass Ravens fans this summer. But I mean, Anthony Brown, I think, is the guy. And like what he did to come in with never taking a snap, he's on the two yard line and facilitates, you know, a scoring drive. Like he, he got a hold of the game and he came in, he didn't blink. He made big throws. His throwing motion is, is weird as shit to me. It's so, but so it just, long. It's, it's so elongated. Yeah. It's yeah. So is Huntley's. Huntley's is fucking You're right. Weird you're right. Too. There's, there's a big hitch in, in Huntley's uh, delivery. Yeah. But so, but on the, on the topic of JK Dobbins, Dobbins, um, we all noticed it on the, especially in the long run when he got downfield, he, it, I, so I, I couldn't tell if he, his knee locked up or, it, you know, what, whatever the case may be, it's too small. What, whatever it was, but what I noticed all day long, like you it said, was his, Grant, it was his hamstrings, well, his yeah, hamstrings, what I noticed tight. all day long was his first cut is elite. I mean, elite, oh, yeah. but when he sees the hole, that cut to the hole is unbelievable. So I mean that if if what we saw this week is what he's going to build on, we we have a true weapon. So you know, uh, I know Drew, you, you were you you I think you on this podcast said you're out on J.K. Dobbins. You were done with him. Um, no, I said that I was out on him being like a bitch and liking tweets and that he has to prove it. That he has okay. to win me back. All right. And so he's well, um he's he's on the road to that. I'll give sure. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. Well. And I would have liked to see him get on Twitter and like start liking some tweets. He did. Praising he did. him. Okay. Yeah, he did. He, yeah, he yeah. liked um, fucking uh, EDC burner post pictures of him. Call, call oh, yeah, yeah. I did that. see that. I did see that. So, yeah. So, okay. So to each their own, whatever. So, you know, um, as long as, you know, if he doesn't have 15 carries and 120 and a touchdown next week, he doesn't get on Twitter and start liking tweets about trade JK Dobbins, then, you know, we're good. Yeah, then he's, but, then he's good. Yeah. 
He looked yeah. great, and we have not had the benefit of Gus and him in the same backfield for a very long time. I don't remember last so, time. And, I mean, so, and that's what I was going to say next is is Gus runs completely different when J.K. is in the backfield with him. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's their styles are so different that the way that we can block and slide block and zone and all that stuff. You're not relying on Gus to be your all-purpose back. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they're, they're he's not good, he's good at coming in outside. and just pounding. Yeah. yeah. I agree, Jake, but he plays. I feel like he runs. He runs with more juice when J.K. is in the lineup. I feel like because he he knows that he's not going to be relied on for these stupid fucking outside zone runs that he's not good at. Like he knows that that's what J.K. is going to get the ball for. So you can right. come in fresh, Sean. You know, yeah. third and short, and just fucking run through people. Well, and it looks I mean, in, the, in the box score, it looks like Gus didn't have the best game in the world because he had I think thirteen carries, sixty six yards, but he had five point one yards per carry. If your second running back is running for 66 yards on 13 carries and you're it's a run heavy game, so you're getting 66 yards out of him, we're getting 120 out of the the lead back and I think uh Huntley had another 59 40. Yeah, I was going to say 40 or 50, so. Yeah, he I mean he had another 12 or 13 carries himself. We ran the ball down their throats and that's yeah. what we're built to do. So, you know, uh, you know, I felt good about it. It was one of the, the few games this year it was a close game. Obviously, um, we relied. It really wasn't, on, though. Well, right, exactly. So I didn't feel nervous. I felt like, you know, it was it was one of those games where it was intense. I felt, you know, watching it, I was obviously, like, energized the entire time. But I never felt, like, demoralized, like, oh, shit, here we go again. It's going to happen. Yeah. I never felt that way. The defense did their job all day. I think maybe there was one drive where I felt like – and obviously Marlon was not on his best – best game that, all that last drive that they scored to make it 16 to 14 there was two or three shitty penalty calls in there that you yep. know moved them significantly down the field marlon did not have a good game but again marlon gave up two catches really right. if we're really looking at it and it was that fucking long pass to pickens that he got lost on and then that was that was really that was 42 yards i think you know pickens ended with 78 none of their other wide receivers did shit Right. Uh, Firemuth had a catch somewhere in there. I'm sure that was Chuck Clark's fault. I didn't even, you know, really pay attention to it. He got it. Well, he got it. He got a touchdown. But I mean, they also, though, they, you know, they had maybe credit the one drive you're talking about, but they also threw three red zone interceptions. So that game could have gone completely different. So I, mean, I, I could have, but to the I, defense. It, yeah, right. The defense, but like that, the defense is doing yeah. what we expect the defense to do. And so, like, yeah. uh, my my point is this: they went the down same look twice. They went down and scored to make it sixteen fourteen. And I at no point did I think they were going to get the ball back and they were going to go score again. At no point that I yeah. was that thought in my head. I felt yeah. very confident in in where we were. We, and so going back to the, the predictions from last week, I think Jake and I can like have a co-victory on the 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 uh the predictions. So I was at 1710 and you were at 1310. I had 2114, so I had the right score for Pittsburgh. True. I guess Oops. so you know what? All three of us have uh, some share of victory here. You I think know we who all didn't predicted get a win? You know who didn't get a win? Grant because he Grant got here. Grant not only got a loss but he he like i mean he, he was just a, a complete no show embarrassment to Jesus. the podcast well you know who like wasn't George an embarrassment Pickens. you know who wasn't an embarrassment was Tyler Linderbaum so we got to give him his flowers too oh yeah and the guy and we George drafted Pickens. over Pickens i like it yep well i mean Pickens yeah. we can talk idiot, about idiot all day, but idiot, he was idiot, he was our, he was our second one. rounder he was he should have been our second rounder not our first rounders but i'm telling yeah, you you reach right you read Twitter and, you know, the idiot Ravens fans wanted to take Pickens at 25 and they didn't understand why we took Linderbaum. 
and, and I to think get, it, and, I, and to get and to get on you know the Pickens thing. Here you go, just throw it out there. Yeah. But I mean, he had three catches on three targets. You can't discredit him for the second half, you know, disappearance because he can't catch the ball if you don't get it thrown to you. But the three catches he did made were all three difficult catches. Okay, so but, if you're gonna but, discredit the guy, yeah, okay, give him but his flowers this when is, he this, makes good, uh, when Grant, he makes plays. This is what I've been saying about about him the entire time. Okay, especially like lately, he's had a drop problem. So he's dropping easy catches, but he's making hard ones. So if you can't make easy catches, you are not wide receiver one. So people want to talk about him like he's the best receiver. He would be the best receiver on our team. Okay, number one, he would be the best receiver on our team. What are you comparing him to? And he would be the best receivers. I said somebody online. It is like being having the best vision at school for the blind. Right. That, and, that is being and I and I but it's not wrong. That. Well, I don't I, I don't necessarily agree with that. You could be wide receiver one though. I, I mean, could. let's be real. May, maybe right now. I run a I run a nasty whip route. Maybe so right now. Maybe right now. But uh, okay, I'm still taking Bateman over him myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you're not getting open, you're not getting the ball thrown to you. Just because the guy threw three red zone picks doesn't mean that uh, so. Mitch also was the guy who threw him th- those three passes for 78 yards. So everybody who wants to like discredit the quarterback. All right, then let's discredit the 78 yards and three catches. Then he's built like an action figure. If he's on the field, he's open. Being Obviously built like not. an action figure is doesn't matter if you don't catch the ball and, and you don't get open. Like again, he's not open. He's if you not. Can't, didn't throw him the and, ball. and like I said, it's just, it is he had, it is. so he's had several drops on very easy catches. In the past few weeks, this past week, he had three catches. He had three catches on three targets. He they were all, like you said, difficult catches, but he didn't have the opportunity to make a mistake on an easy catch. He's made those mistakes the past the two weeks before that. So all I'm saying is this. Everybody who complains about Ravens wide receivers dropping passes. Why do you think that George Pickens solves that problem when we've just seen him drop open passes for a couple weeks. Of course, okay, the guy can make these spe- spectacular plays. That's not up for debate. We've all seen it happen, okay? But it's if a guy a can... taller Hollywood Brown. Right, exactly right. Exactly. So we saw last it's night. So we're recording this on Tuesday night. Monday night, Hollywood Brown had an opportunity to convert a fourth down. I think it was 13-10 at the time, okay? Mm-hmm. It was... Mm-hmm. It, it, actually, the ball was thrown perfectly. Grant, you got to agree with me here, right? The ball was thrown he did. perfectly. He, did, he didn't have to jump, but he jumped. Nope. No, and the reason he, the only reason he had to, that he thought he had to jump because he runs bad routes when he gets down the field. He run, he he gets it in his head. He has to run a certain route. He doesn't know how to bend the route inside. I saw it on the Ravens so many times. Drew, very early on, when you and I got connected on on the internet, we got into a fight with Thomas because Thomas was saying Lamar was throwing bad balls. That Chiefs game, the exact same thing happened. Yeah, Hollywood right. Brown. Lamar threw a ball downfield that got picked, but it was because Hollywood ran a dumb route where he basically faded the route instead of bending in. Instead on the of seam. bending in, yeah. right? He exactly. couldn't figure out how to fucking bend. He doesn't in know how to. He, yeah, he, he doesn't know how to right read spot. defenses, right? So he doesn't know how to read read the ball or the defense down the field. So you know, this is a a chronic problem with Hollywood Brown. He he he's a guy who can make big plays. It, he's just like George Pickens. He can make big plays down the field, but he doesn't know how to make easy plays. He turns easy plays into hard plays. So then when he's completely out of position, then the play doesn't get made at all. So George Pickens and Hollywood Brown, everyone who, who is crying for George Pickens, it, it doesn't like they, they cry for everybody. They want, they, they, they point to anybody who can make a catch. Okay, fine. 
but that doesn't solve the problem that we have right now with wide receivers. Our wide receivers have been suboptimal. Obviously, they've had plenty of drops. You know me, I've been on the George Pickens train since before he was like even drafted, and I just like his style of game. And that's when we ride it you out. Kinda whatever, the, you kind of get the like, brunt of the George Pickens shit from us because you're the yeah. only one who's like, but my thing is, my thing is, yeah, you're the union personally. Rep. My own opinion, me personally, is I would rather have had him in the second round than Ojabo. And we don't know what Ojabo is going to be. I hope he's a Pro Bowl superstar and an all pro. But for me personally, I would have taken Pickens with that pick. Am I saying that he was going to come in right now and be prime Julio Jones? Absolutely not. But he, with his skill set, he could help us right now in a massive way. So you also have to understand that we have a terrorist for an offensive coordinator. Right. And we like do. George Pickens is not is not the guy who's changing that. Right. I think and if he put Justin no, Jefferson on the Ravens, but if you put Justin Jefferson on the Ravens or a wide receiver of that caliber right now, they would, you know, not demand targets because they're kicking their helmet and crying on the sideline. They demand targets because they were doing something with their targets. Yeah, and, and Greg Justin Jefferson Greg, was in, within reach too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I that, mean, we don't, we don't, it, we that, have to go down that route. I mean, that, that, no, that's but, like you know, <laughs> now. Now we're just you know, fucking but open up. Grant, on that, on, but, we took the wrong but, LSU guy. Yeah, but Grant, by that same token, yeah. like Ojabo hasn't played yet, and it, I think it's such a short term outlook for anyone to be like oh but uh george pickens could be contributing right now yeah okay fine but like so could uh so could ty hilton who just got signed yesterday by the the cowboys he could be contributing right now too so literally anybody there's a lot of wide receivers who could be signed right now or who could have been drafted or whatever who would be contributing but david ojaba was drafted to be a guy who's going to be here contributing for a long time that's why he's drafted. But in the you don't round. know that. That's that's. Do you know you who know, my last? But you don't know I, with anybody. No, so no. So my, my biggest anger with this is is he was a second round pick. Okay. Everybody talks about fifth year options of the first rounders. He was a second round pick, and you're basically drafting a guy on one year of college tape. And don't I'm not you know saying discrediting his tape. He's very skilled. But one year of college tape, and he's got a red shirt. He's basically red shirting this year. Yeah, if he yeah. comes in before the playoffs, cool. But he's gonna they're not gonna just throw him into the fire. So he's basically red shirting this year. So you're getting a three-year guy on a second rounder when you could have a guy contributing all four of a position at need as well. Well, wide hold receiver on. Hold and on, outside linebacker. Hold on, but you, you, need. you but you're getting three years out of them. You were on the same page with me and Drew back in the spring that we should draft a Jabo at 14. You did say before the injury. No, I was on the Jermaine Johnson train. Yeah. You wanted now the fucking 27 year old blood member. We, we get he's it. Making, he's making plays. So is yeah. Russo the year before he's how many teardrops he got on. Yeah. He's how seven. many people, how long until uh, Jermaine Johnson ends up in prison for shooting somebody or something? Yeah, this but is I'm probably, just saying, probably you know, not good I was on Russo, I was on Russo over, uh, over OA. One's making plays. One's not. I, I honestly love what we're doing with Owe, by the way. I know that uh, – I know it's kind of off topic, but I love the fact that they're fucking keeping him off the field and making him earn his snaps. It's about fucking time somebody held that best, guy accountable. That's the best thing they could have done. That's what and they I did to they, Queen last year. They did the same thing. Yeah. But, but – oh, and back to the Queen thing. So Queen and Roquan, like we talked about before, Queen's game is elevating day after day. Like Tom is yeah. going nuts because, like, Queen, Queen is, made a play is, behind is developing – Exactly, and he caught the he ball. Made a play behind him. Yeah, he caught the ball and made a play behind that him. That was, was a play. Fucking... That was a play that I don't know that there is another middle linebacker in football that can make that play. 
Okay, so that's Fred, the, Fred that's the second. That's Maybe. the second best interception I've seen in the last decade on the Ravens behind the CJ Mosley game sealer mm-hmm. against the Browns. And that the was the most athletic interception. Well, yeah. So I yeah. think that the queen interception was more athletic. I just think that the yeah. moment was bigger for the Mosley one. I think oh, yeah, yeah. I mean like athleticism wise on interception from a middle linebacker. Like that's one of the best interceptions I've seen. Not Tom. That was game full anything, extension. Like, he was, yeah. I mean, that was, that was, you know, he put the vertical on full display there. Yeah, Queen Queen actually he's a guy we know for a fact. He reads the comments. He knows I what people are saying about have, him. Um, I may or may not have gotten that picture, ordered it framed um of him stretching to catch that. And I may or may not be harassing him on Twitter in a couple of days to get him to sign it so I can put it in my main game. But that's that was terrible. just that was that good of a play. Like like Will said, like that was just he's a guy who reads the comments and he's a guy who I want to start dunking on people on Twitter. I want like, him to come like, out and he has fucking, been. And, he has and, been. And, and, yeah, yeah. And like Drew said, like open the checkbook to Roquan. Open mm-hmm. the fucking mm-hmm. checkbook. He is a Raven. He is everything that solidifies the defense. He's everything you want. And in my opinion, yeah, you got Fred Warner, uh, but I think he's the best middle linebacker in football right now. And he's been there for what three games now? And he's it's like he's been there for six seasons. Like right. he was I mean, just, he's locked he was, in. He was born to be a Baltimore Raven. Like he yep. just does he have the I think the only green dot yet. He will next season. And the only reason he does not have an extension in hand is because Lamar doesn't have one. I promise you. So what because I, what if I we wonder, signed him, if we signed him, if that if if the Ravens put out uh, like a you know a tweet or press release, or whatever that Roquan Smith has been extended and Lamar still not extended. People would lose their fucking minds. So I but think people the, are fucking stupid. So let's stop pandering to our stupid fucking fans. The people let's do what's that right. act like the salary you know I mean? cap is real. Drive me fucking nuts. Yes, it's real. But we all know here, it's real. But it's manipulative. Like you can manipulate it any way you want to if you want to. If Roquan Smith is willing to sign a, I don't know, a five-year, hundred million dollar contract, and it's you know forty-three million dollars guaranteed, and it's all these you know crazy you know pushbacks, and he's really making no money up front, and it's a nice cap number, fucking sign him to the contract. And who the fuck cares what the fans say? Because like the thing is, is that Lamar wants to be here again. Lamar is hurt, not playing, and he travels to fucking Pittsburgh. Who the fuck wants to go to Pittsburgh on their free right. time? Like he yep. could have stayed home, he could have spent time. I don't with his even want to go to Pittsburgh. It's it's well, fucking yeah, and it was uh, gross yeah. and cold. Uh, not not this time of year. I went there in July. It's no, a beautiful it was city. Gross. It was fucking gross, cold. Like you know, you're gonna have to watch Tyler Huntley play quarterback, and he decided to travel with the team and be on the sideline and be in Tyler Huntley's ear the entire game, and then be in Anthony Brown's ear the entire game. So like, it's it's pretty clear he wants to be here. So enough of the you know, if Roquan wants to sign, sign him. If not, you know, whatever. Like wait till the off season, but. I'm tired of wanting to pander to stupid fucking fans. Well, and also think about the value of that. So Lamar was there and we started the game with Tyler Huntley, which, you know, he's, he's, he's started now uh, seven or eight games. So it's not a guy who has no experience, but having Lamar Jackson there on the sideline with him starting that game, it's a benefit to him. And then having him there with Anthony Brown, having to come in, having the starter there to, to actually be there to sort of mentor them on the sideline. Like, yeah. you know, that, I mean, well, th- 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 there's high value there. And Snoop came back out and was, you know, helping with Anthony Brown too. So, I mean, that just shows Snoop, like. Snoop was the out there with his helmet on, like he was going to go back on the field. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, that just shows the camaraderie of, of the team. And that goes yeah. back to Lamar. Like, 
I've all, you know, we've all always been pro Lamar. Anybody with a brain is pro Lamar. And like, it's not just his skill on, on the field, but it's his, like the type of person he is. And I was like, accused again this weekend of uh, being anti Lamar. But no, it's, I mean, you can be critical of the guy. He's, he's a player. It's his job. I, like I wasn't even being, you're allowed to be critical, I wasn't even but being I know, critical. It, but at the same time, I mean, like, I love like Lamar is like by far, in my opinion, like the one of the most elect the electric most electric player in football right now. Agreed. And personality wise, like like the what he does like off the field is 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 crazy. Different people level. That to hate him is weird. Yeah, and and people like he's not out there causing problems. The worst thing that people have come up with with Lamar Jackson is that he was friends with Kodak Black. Like if you so think about what? how fucking no no no, but I'm saying that like. That is what people have devolved to that's to crazy. to discredit him off the field. Like that's how squeaky clean he is. Like yeah. he literally and and they bitch about him not having an agent. Like Just trying to two... find something. I'm basically yeah. so I'm I'm the Lamar Jackson of this of this uh, podcast because I just constantly <laughs> get lumped in with Drew. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm my not, association uh, with, with this this degenerate Drew. Yeah, I mean that's your fault. You didn't you didn't put your people thought I ran that account for like a solid <laughs> two years. Actually, until you came on that one podcast, and then even then, I don't think that they people really bought that you were a different person. No, I, I think, think Sunday. So. I actually think the uh, Broncos game might have been the first time people actually were aware you exist, like that we were not different people, and that wasn't some like hologram scam. And I'm and I'm still invisible. Yeah, you're still fake. Fucking eating yeah, sandwiches fake. with old men on benches. Grant, actually, <laughs> if you look at him real close, it's it's really just like it's like a an AI mashup of me and you drew with long hair and and he's got jake's hair color <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's a it's the yeah. three it's the it's yeah. the other three of us just turned into to grant with a fake uh, uh tree behind him i'm the tupac hologram concert right now yeah yeah it's i mean it's unbelievable all right We're so i mean you. so we, i mean the takeaway is this we won a division game on the road with our third string quarterback he. now the the pittsburgh steelers are not uh I don't think they're they're a team to be feared by anyone, but they're not a team to be taken lightly either. Um, we have five straight losses then. Whoa, yeah. Or right. we haven't won since twenty nineteen. Four. four. Okay, yeah, so yeah. it's four straight. Yeah, last game also, They were they were in the in the hunt before we played them, right? And they they got out of the graphic when we beat them. But yeah, still, I think we, we put that to bed, team. right? Yeah, but but still, you got to win those games. You know, absolutely, got to beat Atlanta. Yeah. You, and now you, you we gotta beat Cleveland. Well, and now we're three and zero in the division, which is a huge, yeah. huge advantage for us going in because the Bengals right now are two and three. The only division game they have left against us. So even if we go zero and two over the next two division games against this week against Cleveland and next week or not next week, but uh, a couple weeks from now against uh, the Steelers, the final week of the season going into to uh, Cincinnati. Or are we going into Cincinnati or are we are they coming here? We're going, going to Cincinnati. Yeah, we're going, going there. We're going to Cincinnati. Uh we we have the I mean obvious advantage because they're we have the win in hand. Right. They're two and three now. And we we have, have a win over them. Yeah. Right, exactly. So if they drop one game and we keep going the way we are, that game means nothing. Really. Yeah. Like we can go into that game and 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 sort of just, you know, whatever happens, happens. I think we still want to win that game no matter what. But I never um, want to let watch Joe Burrow win, so I'm, right. I'm on board with that. Exactly, and, and you know who who knows what happens. Maybe they scare me. maybe they scare we're in a me. position to knock him out of the playoffs completely, which would be great. 
Okay, why did the Bengals scare you? I keep I keep seeing this. I, I because, don't I, because they always play us well. Name a time when we've played the Bengals. Oh, but all haven't the necessarily had our number. But if we don't have Lamar, even the way the way the offense has been being, and it's a Greg Roman holding everybody back. But even the way that the offense has been playing against everybody doesn't make me comfortable for the Bengals. Bengals defense will show up against Baltimore every time. And yeah, if we can't that's stop AFC their North. receivers, we're in trouble. But that's and AFC North football. Like I, I feel a lot better about it now, but there, it's I, I don't know. I mean, the Bengals do. I mean, of 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 any division team, the Bengals scare me more than anybody of Browns, Steelers, Bengals. See, I'm always scared of the Steelers more just because of Mike Tomlin. Mike yeah. Tomlin's actually a good coach, and so yeah. like I feel like he's the guy who's going to give us problems. Zach Taylor is really not a good coach. Joe Burrow is a fucking loser. Jamar Chase beat his pregnant wife before um, his rookie year. Like yeah, I just Joe also throws for a thousand yards every two games he plays. Up. Yeah, but who the fuck cares if they don't win? Are they, he's zero one against us this year. That's all that matters. That's it. It's twenty twenty two. Not putting a gold jacket on him. So you know. yeah, I mean, last year he he had uh, depleted secondary both games. So you know, I assure you, I am better than Robert Jackson and uh, Kevon Seymour. I, I could play corner better than them. And that's what he was thrown for 500 yards against. So I'm not like, uh, yeah, I don't know. They don't, they don't scare me. They, they really, yeah. Daryl Worley. Yeah. One. Well, and last the, year, the, 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 the whole thing that, oh, Marlon Humphrey got, got cooked or whatever. No. Uh, it was one play, one play, Jamar Chase, which was like a fucking, I mean, it was basically like a wide receiver screen that mm-hmm. went for a, a long gain. So like, and I'm, uh, yeah, and it went it went against Marlon Humphrey, but like Marlon Humphrey's lined up on the guy. Like, what what are you gonna do? He he's got to come out juice for this game, though. I think oh, he comes yeah. out. He's got to come out juice. Mar- so Marlon to the okay. So we had a little dust up in a in a private Twitter chat. So Jake, I know you're not privy to this information, but can we, we just add Jake to it so that we don't have to explain to him like what happens and he can just like uh, yeah we should just it. add him in and people are gonna be like who is this like don't worry about he's it. He's a casual observer. But we had someone who uh after the the first Pickens catch, just that one catch, and actually I think it was actually the catch and then the immediate play afterwards where there was a bullshit DPI in the in the end zone. Um say that Marlin was a air quotes all pro and Pickens just mossed our all pro. Okay. But Marlon is an all pro. Number one, Marlon is an all pro. Yeah. He's he has earned an all pro. This year, Marlon has been, I believe, the best cornerback in football. I don't know that th- there's anyone who has a claim to be being better than him this year. Maybe so, Slay. So, That'd be the only other conversation at that point. But I think what about Sauce Gardner? What about Sauce yeah, Gardner? I was wait I was waiting for fucking Burnt What about Sauce Gardner? I mean, down. There, I mean, I guess there's an argument. To that be made, man but... is crying on Twitter about people not telling him that he's good enough and calling him DPI. Okay, Sauce but hold on. Marlon Marl- Marl- Humphrey would. Hey, let's save this for the end of the show. We'll okay. save this for, for the end. But I want to talk about Marlon Humphrey. If you see one one catch and then you, you say Marlon Humphrey is air quotes all pro. No. Marlon Humphrey's been the best cornerback in football, period. And anybody who watches football would know that and would say that. Anybody who watches it. So if you have a disagreement with that, you don't watch football or you're a fucking idiot. Or you watch, you know, kickball all day and think right. the World Cups, you know, good Exactly. Sport. So, Grant, do you agree? 
I mean, yeah. I, I, so, I mean, Marlon, Marlon's Marlon. Marlon is arguably one of the best corners in the league year in and year out. And Marlon also, he does get beat, but you're talking about professional football. You're talking about he's always on the one or he's in a slot against trying to d- defend a quick route, you know, mesh concept, whatever it is. But you're look, you're talking about a guy that is the guy on our defense as far right. as cornerbacks go. And I think that what he's put into it, he, he he's going to give up the catches. He's but, gonna, he, he, but he, he hasn't, up, though. But he hasn't. Like, this is the first game this year where he really even, has. Even the Pickens, though, even that catch that he gave up to Pickens, the 42-yard catch, like, he was on him right after he caught the He ball. was, like, but Pickens what did I, what did I say immediately? What did I say immediately? Because I always bitch about it about Marlon is he doesn't get his head around. He had his head around the whole time and then turned his face back. Like, you're tracking the ball. Why do you then look at the receiver and don't – I feel like Marlon plays like a linebacker too much sometimes where he wants to hit the guy instead of playing the ball. I feel like that's his, like, biggest flaw. Is that hey, he, he, did, he did throw that little receiver down to the ground, though, and make that badass yeah. play on that screen pass. Yeah, but I so it's good and bad. When Marlon's making a play in front of him, it's great that he has that linebacker mentality. I would love for Marlon to take some plays out of Marcus Peters' book and start trying to pick the ball off more. But I they also, like he, too, they're not targeting him as much. Like, he's no, not – I wouldn't throw at him. He, the, he's – like, if you look – if you watch, like, the defense and, and how the game unfolds, he's not really around the ball as much. Like, they're trying to keep him away from outside the ball unless he's ISO'd. Then they I will. Mean, but he is the last guy in the Ravens that I would throw at. It's just right. – it's logical at that yeah. point. Marcus well, Peters says – And I've, I've liked what I've seen from uh, Mike McDonald using Marlon as a blitzer and as a, a guy who attacks See, the ball I, carrier. I don't like what I've seen from Mike McDonald. I think he could do a lot more with those de- with that defense. I'm telling you. I feel it, like – get, He gets too conservative. A hundred percent. But, see, we bitched for – when did Wink take over? 2019? So we bitched for the three years of Wink that he was too aggressive and didn't go conservative enough, and it burnt us. And same thing with DPs, too, is that they didn't go conservative at times. And so I feel like Mike McDonald is the other extreme. And I know I talked about this on the podcast before, but, you know, Mike McDonald took over at Michigan for Don Brown, who was the exact same thing as Wink and Dean Pease, of a guy who would, you know, blitz way too much, get way too blitz happy, and get burnt all the time because he would fucking be sending eight guys and there would be nobody in coverage to tackle somebody. And so I feel like Mike McDonald is like the opposite of that. And it does get frustrating from time to time that he calls all these soft zones. But I think I'd rather have the soft zone and make the stops than watch a guy break, you know, a screen pass for 83 yards because there's nine guys blitzing and there's well, nobody back there to tackle. And the, and the flip side to that is, is I could be okay with that if we were a better tackling team. Yeah, that's – I mean, and that's – I don't know if I can blame Mike McDonald for that. Like, that's been a no, Ravens problem no. for a lot of years is that guys just don't wrap up for whatever and reason. And they lot. have been better about that, but this week, this past better. week, this past week they've been they, – they looked bad tackling. Like, there was a, yeah. there were a lot of broken tackles. So, I, I didn't love that. No. I mean, again, a lot of arm tackles on guys like Najee Harris who are, you know, physical freaks that you can't arm tackle. Oh, and once again, it, it, it does go back to – Always start a tight end that plays the Ravens because Pat Fryermuth did score. But he really didn't even have that great of a game. I mean, all things considered, like, you know, Chuck Clark has been letting uh, tight ends put up career numbers, and he didn't even, you know, (laughs) didn't even really, you know, Pat Fryermuth scored, but didn't really have that good of a game. Zach Gentry dropped that one ball that would have been, he would have taken that for six. Yeah, easy. That was a good game. Yeah. I don't know, like, I – I think our defense played very well. I'm I'm kind of irritated to uh, Geno Stone 
saw a huge reduction in snaps. I was hoping that when uh, Marcus Williams came back, that Chuck Clark was going to be the guy on the bench, but I'm not, yeah. not going to get my wish there. I'd love to see Gino and be back there with because Marcus Marcus Williams has so much range that Gino can play more free in the box, and that's what Gino and succeeds Gino, at. Is Gino is more of a box, is more of a strong safety, you know, in the way that our defense. But he's a is sure deep. tackler too. He's a great tackler. Yeah. I, I like I like Gino Stone again, seventh round pick. Like I'm not gonna. There are people on Twitter. Um, I saw somebody say that Gino Stone is one of the best safeties in football. And like we have to resign him. I'm like, all right, like pump the brakes. Like he's not <laughs> that good. But I think uh safety rotation of Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, and Geno Stone would be very good. Yeah. I, I would love to see a lot more of that. Well, not Kyle Hamilton, they've been looking a lot, you know, he's he could even be more of like a dime linebacker too, which I think they're yeah. gonna start gravitating towards. Yeah, he's played a um so I we were arguing about this, Will and I that uh, with um, I think Nick at one point. And like Kyle Hamilton's played a pretty even split between safety snaps, uh, slot cornerback snaps, and dime linebacker snaps. And I, I like that out of him. Like again, we were crying for Tyron Matthew all all offseason. Yep. And I feel like Kyle Hamilton is a bigger version of Tyron Matthew. Yeah, he's and gonna so, uh, he's gonna keep getting better. Like I, I like I I'm a huge fan of Kyle Hamilton. I think people gave him a hard time early on. It's like, dude, he just stepped on the fucking field. Like people t- put too much into first rounders right away and like let the guy grow and develop. I mean, it's their first game action in front of live fans. I mean, preseason is nothing like the regular season. Right. Well, yeah. the, same, the same people also are like, he stinks. He's been so bad. And then it's like PFF has him graded at whatever they haven't graded at. And then like, uh, you know, someone like else gives every- a compliment. Every single outlet is like Kyle Hamilton is insane. And they're like, I have and, not seen a bad uh, thing about Kyle. But, but we could have three. drafted a, a wide receiver at 14. Like, no, we couldn't. No. no There's no fucking wide receiver to draft That's, at 14. Kyle Hamilton, we all agreed, was the top five pick in the draft. Easy right. money. And if he's there at 14, you, you fucking – like, you just – I don't care what you need. I don't care if you've got Ed Reed, Troy Palomalo, and Brian Dawkins at safety. You still take him. Like, Yeah, exactly. You know and, what I mean? And, like, and, and tell me, tell me at 14, what's a better pick at 14? And and people then people like they want to rewrite history. They're like, but we could have used it to trade up. What the fuck are you talking about? Trade up? So, now you, you want to trade up after all the all the picks were already made? You can't and, do that. And that pisses me off too with the fans that just don't know what the fuck they're talking about and talking circles to themselves. Is Ravens have always been BPA, and then they're like, oh well, you know, no, we gotta we gotta take which this is why we took Ojabo, by the way. No, he wasn't BPA. But He's not BPA at forty-five. Are you fucking serious? Not He's with a- not not with one leg. <laughs> like He's I BPA. Hate to, uh, hold on, hold on. I hate to throw Lacey under the bus here because she's she's a fan. But she said on Twitter the other day that Ajabo was like a top ten pick beforehand, and clearly that yeah. is something that she's been told. You know, so again, like clearly the Ravens valued Ajabo highly, and he had to be taught. He had to be their target in the first round. I don't know about top it. ten, but I'd say top twenty. But uh, was, honestly, again, I, I have what, been getting high, top twenty at forty five is pretty fucking. I've good. been high on. I've been high Not on two Michigan shirt. pass rushers. I've been high on two Michigan pass rushers coming out: Josh Uche and David Ajabo. And look at Uche's last six games; he's got ten. Josh Uche has been balling. I did like Uche a lot, but they're, they're Actually, the same. Uh, they, they're the say, same kind Ajabo, of guy. 
I was gonna say Ojabo and Uche. They're like when I watched their film at Michigan, they look they like they play the edge the same. They got the same bend, same get off. They, they like, are just they are just guys that I watched at Michigan that I'm just like they get to the fucking quarterback and they are a problem. Which I and hope I, they, I hope he does. I hope he's a fucking superstar. I hope he's the next trail sucks. But I'm just saying what my preference would have. Been. Yeah, I mean we you know you you prefer like you know tall cornerbacks from Cincinnati who fucking cry on the internet too. So you know we we we've, we've been over your uh, your desires here. So, I'm sorry. Um, we, I'm sorry. Are you not speaking lockdown? You you need uh, to have respect when you talk about lockdown. <laughs> why? Why? What has Sauce Gardner done to earn my respect? Did they lose after he's talking all this shit? Here's they the don't thing. even let they don't let him guard Stefan Diggs because he couldn't do it. That's not- that is true. The last time he guarded, he got turned around. It was bad. It was it was ugly. They took him off him right away. That's the one play. He's yeah. gonna be like a he's gonna all be a pro bowler. Play. He's gonna be a pro bowler, and you're gonna be like, man, I got this clip of this one time. <laughs> okay, so I, I got a hot take here. Tariq Woolen is better than Sauce Gardner. No. Yes, hundred percent. Value, value, very good. Hey, let's be clear that uh, that a couple weeks ago Drew was trying to say that um, Jack Jones, yeah, Jack Jones is better, and now he's he's obviously not true. He's searching. He's gonna be like he's be like Reed Blankenship is better than (laughs) Daryl Worley is a hundred percent better than Sauce Gardner. Yeah, smoked him. Jalen Armour Davis was a better pick than Sauce Gardner. All right, yeah. I know. Listen, I, Jake, now the Jake, wild turkeys fucked you up. Jake has something to say. I did. I was gonna. Well, before we segue to the next subject, one last thing about the Ravens' defense and specifically trading for Roquan Smith. Since they got him, we are four and one, and we're giving up thirteen points a game on defense. So I mean, self-explanatory. It's yep. High mark. But anywho, instead of getting into this talk about the AFC East, let's segue back to the AFC North because. On Saturday, now that the game has been changed from Sunday to Saturday, the Ravens traveled to the other shitbag city in Ohio to take on the Cleveland Browns, team who traded a high amount of capital to get their own version of a rapist quarterback in their QB room. So, Will, I'm going to start with you. The new quarterback, but is the game plan to beat the Cleveland Browns the same as it was week seven? No, it's not the same, but I think – the reason it's not the same is because on our side, it's different. Um, we got a different quarterback. There's no way that Lamar is playing. So uh, hopefully we have Tyler Huntley. If it's Anthony Brown, you know, I, I don't think it's that much of a difference, but um, we're going to run the ball down their throats. This team gives up a ton of yards on the ground and we have two assume, I assume they're both healthy because uh, they both played last week and I don't see him on the injury report. So, um, we're going to see, uh, JK Dobbins get a huge workload and got, uh, hopefully we see Gus and JK both get 15 carries plus each and whoever the, the quarterback is, is going to get some carries as well. Um, throw Kenyon Drake in there too. I guess. I don't know. Why not? Well, he fumbled last week, so fuck him. Yeah. 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 Shit happens. yeah. No. So, uh, we have Deshaun Watson who has played one game in the last two years. So I think the defense, our defense right now is just, I mean, they're thriving. So it's, they're only like, it's blood in the water. They're sharks that are, are going to go and just eat anything they can find. So Deshaun Watson, you know, two years ago was somebody to be scared of right now. I'm not scared of him. I think it's a good time to be playing him. 
His, Even when he was somebody to be afraid of, he didn't play well against us. Has he beat us? Has he beat us, though? And it's been ugly every time. Right. We've killed him every time. And, you know, I was going to make a joke about people should be afraid of him, but it's not the Baltimore Ravens. So um, unless we unless we signed a bunch of women masseuses to play on our defense, I don't think. Yeah, we're not massage therapists. This is a a professional football team. So, uh, you know, I I think it's a pretty straightforward game. It's the defense. Just keep doing what you're doing. The offense run the ball down their throats. Uh, they have, you know, uh, they have Miles Garrett. Stay away from him. Otherwise, I'm not scared of anything on that team. I think we we should win this game uh, without much of a, a problem. They should not challenge us that much. Even even if somehow we end up with Anthony Brown as the the starter, I think we're still a a like a wide favorite. So. You know, I still think we're in for an ugly game just because it's an AFC North game. I but, don't. You know. I don't. I don't. I honestly think this is the game. This is the one. Now, I don't think we're going to score that many points. So I think, you know, we're, we're going to win the, I, you know, we're gonna win the game like by that. we're going to win the game by several scores. But I don't think we're going to score that many points. But I don't think that Cleveland is going to be putting up any points on us. Uh, I don't think the, Cleveland puts up more than 10. But I still think I don't think we I think, score much more than 10. I think, I think it's I, like a 17-10 game. Well, we'll we'll do our our score predictions later, but unprofessional well, of you for putting putting, putting that out the there. Yeah. He jumped the gun, but no, I mean, so Nick Chubb always scares me. Like yeah. he always balls the fuck out against us. But and we're not giving people, up any anything on the ground. So like, I'm not scared of Nick Nick Chubb because I'm we are so good. Chubb. I'm not scared. Always, he's the best running back in football. I'm always scared of him. He always plays ball against us, no matter what we got going on. And on top of that, Amari Cooper, he I, I think he's the type of receiver that gives us problems. So, you know, we look at this game and, yeah, Deshaun Watson, I think we're going to be able to, for the most part, keep in control. Our offense is going to have to ball out. J.K. is going to have to be J.K. again, you know, maybe a little more fluid. Gus is going to have to – we're just going to have to control the clock. I don't think it's going to be like a dominant game. I don't think we have a dominant game in us without Lamar, period. So, I mean, I think that what goes into it is going to be that we have to play sound defensive football and we got to run the ball. I mean, I'm fully on board. I, I think that we hold them. You know, I barely leave the score prediction, but whatever. I think that, you know, running game is key. J.K. coming back, uh, you know, again, he had a great game against the Bengals and then he got shut out against the Giants, I think that was. They did a shooting yeah. game, the site, you know, the follow-up after the knee injury. So, you know, back-to-back games from J.K. would be great. Um, you know, Gus Edwards having another and, you know, Gus Edwards averaged like 5.1 yards per carry on, on Sunday, but it was, you know, every play was designed for five yards and he got those five yards. So I just want another game like that out of Gus, you know, again, just dependable, getting you those first downs, moving the chains, you know, control the clock. We need another, we need, we need this to be like the 10 catch hundred yard performance for Mark Andrews. So like we need a Mark Andrews He's due. He's due. He's due. It's it's been um you know it, it hasn't been smooth sailing for him and I feel like he's due for a breakout game so yeah. uh, I'm on board with that and again Anthony Brown or Tyler Huntley doesn't really matter to me to be honest I think that they're the same guy you know for like they're not Lamar and that's really what it boils down to is that they're going to have their flaws they got their ugly ass throwing motions they're fast and so it's just kind of get what you can out of them and you know get your points when they're available. 
It depends yeah. what you want to do, too. Anthony Brown looks to pass first. Snoop will break down and run after the first read. There was a couple times that – there was a couple times on Sunday that Tyler Huntley had 15 yards of space in front of him and he held the ball for too long looking to pass. I felt like watching that game, there were a couple times where I was looking for Tyler Huntley to take off and he just didn't do it, you know, fast enough for me. And the other thing with Tyler Huntley, too, he's a fucking moron with contact. Like he is just oh, not, he, he not takes, protecting himself. Yeah, he take he's he's like I'm gonna find the most like the most devastating hit of all time, and I'm gonna seek that out. He's like he's like opens himself up. He's like, hey, please kill me. Yeah, and then he got killed. He's the exa- like you're exactly right because watching him run, it's the like polar opposite of watching Lamar Jackson run the ball because Lamar is so elusive. Where if he gets you know he gets close to a hit. Suddenly he's like he's slipping a hit, so like he's he's down, but he's not getting hit. And oh my god, you watch you Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Tyler Huntley's like, bring it on, motherfucker, and he he just runs into to anybody who wants to to challenge him. And you know, I you know, good good for you, buddy. You can go to Kudos go to you, bed man. knowing you're a man, but goddamn, you're gonna get fucking killed. Like yeah, sometimes it's, sometimes it's not good to be stupid. And right. I, I feel like that's where, you know, Tyler Huntley kind of falls short is that he's just kind of dumb. Yeah. Do we want to get into uniform predictions? And, uh, you know, I'd say it's about that time. So, Will, you are no, the man. No, I'm not starting on this. You're not starting on this? I'll Do you start. want me to start? Or you can start. I don't care. You want me to start? Yeah, let's, Grant. Let's Grant. Grant let's the mint let Grant start. Because we'll I'm gonna I'm gonna piss Will off and he's gonna want to go next, but I think we go icy. I don't want to. I think it should be white on black, but I think we're gonna go icy. It's December. Uh, I'm, I'm flipping off the camera because nobody's watching this, but no. <laughs> what it should be and what it will be are two different things. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna agree with you on icy. I could see them doing something stupid like that, but I'm not gonna put that kind of negative energy out into the world. I'm calling for back-to-back black, white jerseys, purple pants. That's what it should be. I mean, I think more likely it's white on black, but I'm putting white on purple out there because that's what I want because that's the combo to rock against the Browns. So anyway, white on purple, Ravens win 19 to 10. That's what I'm going with. That's what we're – Drew, what you got? So it should be white on purple. I agree. It's going to be white on black and 17-10 win, Ravens. So I, logically speaking – I. I would say it's probably going to be white on black, but my prediction is going to be white on purple. I'm the purple pants guy. And Grant, did you make a, a score prediction? I didn't, but I'm going to say it's going to be 24-17 Baltimore. Okay. So I'm doing white on purple, and I'm going to call it 27-14 Ravens. I hope Will's right. Yeah. I'm I, I like what I like Will's prediction the best. Um, uh, you know, uh, 20. 20 yeah that would that would be that'd be great a yeah. game where i can be you know not fucking pacing around screaming at my television would be phenomenal right well and you know i think um the the ravens traditionally in the past couple of years anyway have been heavy on white and purple in in december so uh this whole thing started a couple of years ago with me well it started with me i've been on the purple pants long before this but when i started to talk to Lacey. I think it was like mid November of 2020. And I said, what are we doing here? We need to do purple pants. And then suddenly we went from basically never doing purple pants to doing five out of six games, purple pants. And 
it was all December. So last year, again, I didn't, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, like saying, Hey, Lacey, tell, tell Eric to, to do purple pants. But December, again, I think we were pretty heavy purple pants. So I think purple pants are a, a heavy uh, December usage. So um, like she said on the podcast, they have to do a certain number of combinations. I think the icy is once or twice a year. We've done it at least once. We've done it twice. Once. Yeah. Once no, I think enough. I think last year we we may have done it twice. I can check, but it's we either once or twice a year. Week one against the Raiders that okay. overtime, and then it was was it week thirteen when we played Pittsburgh last year when Andrews had that. Oh, line. okay, okay. I believe both those games were icy. I don't think we did any others that were icy, but we were zero and two in icy color. Well, and I think the year before that, I, I think Icy's a, a a terrible combination. Uh, you know, worst. I mean, I don't, I didn't say it was the best. I just said I think that's what they're gonna wear. Fuck you. Unbelievable. <laughs> Fucking, uh, I put up my Christmas tree on on November first, and um, I want to wear white on white in a divisional game. That means something, asshole. Fucking hey, listen. You take Christmas. that skinny ass tree with pride. Halloween. Fuck off. Okay, no, look at my look at my drapes. They're white in the background, so we should wear white on white. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. Go ahead, just grandma it up. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just fuck that. If we do white on white, oh my god. We do. I, I might. I might burn the house down. We do white on white. I'm gonna burn Grant's house. I think that's do it. Do it. I need the insurance money. No, I'm. Just... All right. All right. Well, I, I have you on record now. Tell me to do it. So. I can't get arrested for that. It's not a crime. I can't. Now. <laughs> it's insurance fraud. It's insurance, insurance fraud. Yeah. Hey, Will, Max, how's that stack Max, up? Max, cut, <laughs> cut this whole thing. No, I, I just, I, I can't do white on white. Can't, can't, can't do it. We've had enough of that. That it doesn't sh- work. It should just shouldn't be a, a, an option. At all. You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. We should get rid of white pants altogether and just uh, make gray pants. I'm in. Yeah. So I, think- I mean, I like I like the look of the white on white. I think it looks clean as shit. But the juju uh-huh. behind it, the juju behind it, it just shouldn't well. Happen. But don't you think that white jerseys, gray pants would look nice too? I don't think gray would look good at all. Well, you're wrong because I'm the yeah. I'm the uniform guy around here. So shut the fuck up. When the uniform guy asks you a question, a leading question like that, you're supposed to agree. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, wrong. he's yeah, you're, you're better off with, you're better off with mustard pants than gray pants with a white. All right, jersey. all right, all right, relax. relax. Uh, all we're right, we're, we're going off the rails here. We're going way too far. Jake, Jake, you're, Jake, you're, Jake, you're, Jake, your job is to moderate this and not allow stupid <laughs> shit like that to come. <laughs> I don't have controls to mute his mic, so there's nothing I can do about that other than just saying "fuck off." But yeah, anyway, that's here we go. There's there's another thing. Hold on, we we have to we have to announce our hundred dollar meetup. Um, before yes. before the next Ravens home game, we're gonna charge a hundred bucks, and you guys can come uh, meet up with us. We'll sign one autograph football. Uh, we'll take a picture with you, and you know it's limited quantities, so you gotta get in quick. And no refunds and no resales. But but if you show up in a bear outfit in a bear costume, I'll sign your football for free. Honestly, that Derek Wolf, you know, fucking fan meetup might be the wildest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. There's so that was there can't be a single person, a single person in Denver or Baltimore or anywhere in between or outside of the th- that entire radius who's like, oh shit, oh fuck, I am gonna go pay a hundred dollars to meet Derek Wolf. 
people are probably like, who the fuck is Derek Wolf? So somebody in my um somebody somebody sent that to me and they're like, Did you see this shit? Obviously I didn't because I don't care about Derek Wolf. Um I forgot Derek Wolf existed until he started running his mouth on the internet again last week. Um him and his uh him and his was, wife decided his that, wife. you know. Yeah, no, he started it because he did that interview with uh, Bobby Trossett where he True. decided to be like, um, you know, John Harbaugh lied about me and Steve Saunders made it so I couldn't walk and uh, woe was me. You know, I, I accepted an injury settlement because I stole money from the Ravens for two years. Um, he can he can eat a dick, to quote Lamar Jackson. But so I, I forgot he existed. And so, like, I went off when I saw that because, again, he's just a dumbass and needs to be put in his place. Um, this is not a defensive Harbaugh or the training staff, but, like, Derek Wolf is not your guy. Derek Wolf might be the right message, but he is absolutely the wrong messenger to be sending that. And so, like, I, you know, I went off on that. And somebody sent that to me, like, did you see this? And so the immediate thing that caught my attention was the $100 price point, where I'm just like, I can't think of an athlete that I'd pay $100 to have them sign something and take a picture with. Like, that's just, that's fucking absurd. And so I didn't even catch it. And so I tweeted it. And then somebody's like, do you see the refunds and the limited quantities at the bottom? And I'm like, on, on top of charging $100 for that, which is just completely tone deaf because nobody fucking cares about Derek Wolf, you're then saying there's limited quantities available. Like, how many people are going to actually pay for that? 10, 15, maybe? Friends uh, and family? Hopefully, zero. Uh, no, but like, in all honesty, if there's a bunch of weirdos on the internet. That's fine. Like, I, I probably underestimate the, the weird people. So, 10, 12 people are going to show up to that. And okay. he, he booked an. He booked an hour and a half. Yeah, BK would probably show up. Uh, I don't know. Maybe 19 year girls there or no? Then, <laughs> then you know maybe BK won't show is there, up. Is there is uh, there is there red wine in in uh, Porsche glasses? No, yeah, I mean like that's the only way that guy's showing up. But uh, again, booking an hour and a half for that, like I, I just that was the most the, the fucking wildest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I just I I cannot imagine paying a hundred dollars for that, even for charity. Like I'm I'm a sucker for anything veteran related charity wise, and anything sick kid related, I'll throw money at. I don't even know. I would just like find the charity and give them the hundred bucks and not go to that. I just, I can't, I can't imagine paying that kind of money to go meet Derek Wolf and like him and his wife watching them tweet. Like they are just not intelligent at all. Like well, I just, I, I, the funny thing is that, you know, he went and killed that bear. Yeah. He, car- he carried it home. We get the picture, but he already has a taxidermy animal that lives with him. She, she's full <laughs> yeah. of stuff. He's stuffed yeah. full of, of artificial uh, you know, substances and but the great thing is she's still animated. So, you know, good for him. She puts and again, I rented on this privately. The fact that the first thing in her bio is mother, like just just shows me how fucking stupid she is. Again, like congratulations. Like like good for you. Like there's nothing wrong with having kids. Like, you know, that's that's great. Like, you yeah, know, there's fucking, a, I'm, yeah. I'm there's, sure you're happy. There's with a that. lot of them on, on the earth. So like, do I put oxygen breather as like my top <laughs> yeah. of the Like, seriously. Yeah, that's not a resume builder that you're a mother. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know do what? I put, yeah. Do I has pulse? Like, oh yeah, fucking hooray, Drew. I just, I it, it is just that family like watching them, and I, I again, I totally forgot they exist, and like I had not, you know, he had not been on my radar at all. And then every once in a while, he just pops up with some dumb shit. Think, that I just want to. Do you think? Do you think her resume has a uh, wiretap fraud uh, perpetrator on it? Yeah, I'm t- that that is also a fucking wild thing to admit. Again, right. you know, um, she's like, I've been recording people's phone calls for for months. 
Okay. All right. Okay. Good for you. Shout out my favorite podcaster, Kirk Manet. And I had no idea about, you know, like two party states and shit like that until he um, first week at Barstool pranked the mayor of Somerville and got sued. And I learned, you know, about two party states and that kind of stuff. But again, she is sitting here. She's like, she's like, I recorded these phone calls. I doubt those doctors knew she recorded it. And Maryland is a two party state. So that right. is like literally a federal wiretap that she's submitting to. And it's if, all because so it may not be a federal wiretap infraction, but maybe a a civil issue because yeah. it depends on where people were. And it certainly like you may be right, depending on where she was when she yeah. like if they were in Maryland when this all happened, because a, a, I assume when they were having these conversations, they were in Maryland because he was on the Ravens. Yeah. You know, I'm not. Listen, I think for our for the po- the podcast purposes, we should not assume where anyone was when this happened. But if they were in Maryland, then recording a conversation that everyone else wasn't aware of or one other party outside of the people on on your line were aware of, that's illegal. So, you know, so for the record, I am not accusing her of a federal crime. I am saying that she potentially committed one and is advertising that on the Internet. Yes. So, I, like, right. I that, think that, that is the lack of awareness of that yeah. family that I'm just like, that is an accurate, mm-hmm. accurate description of what happened. Yes. And then on top of that, so Derek Wolf went on the radio um, and said, I went in the weight room with Steve Saunders once and I couldn't walk. And then he went on this whole thing about how his left hip was shot and blah, blah, blah. But you posted a picture of yourself carrying a 400 pound dead bear on a mountain. Right. So like there is situational awareness. It, it just, <laughs> well, they have, they well, have and, and his wife said, yeah, but he already knew that the hip was bad and he got the surgery two weeks later. He said yeah, that but, too. That yeah. was, that was his excuse. But my yeah, thing hold, is, hold, is hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. But let's let's do the math here. You're injured. Okay, fine. You kill the bear. I'm not I'm not PETA. I'm not I'm not on you for the killing Go the bear. For it. Have fun. You Have pick fun the bear up and you carry it, you take the picture and you post it, and then you say, Okay, I'm gonna get the surgery two weeks from now because uh my you know, my my medical team or whoever told me that I need it. But that means that while you were carrying the bear you had an injury on the other hip, right? Okay, but on top of that, this isn't like he picked up a 400-pound bear on pavement for a photo op. Like, he is no, out in the middle he, of the yeah, fucking woods. he's carrying woods, it down a hill. Down, down a hill with rocks, with fucking uneven terrain, with fucking mud, grass, whatever. Like, if your hip is fucked up, don't pick up a fucking bear and then don't post it on the internet and expect me to be like, Oh yeah, it's all good. Like you're good, Derek. Like you well, know, have fun. Well, and the argument that it is, it, you know, that okay, uh, he 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 already got the one fixed, and the other one wasn't getting fixed until a couple weeks later. Yeah, okay, he the other one's not getting fixed till a couple weeks later because it's still fucking broken. So if you're able to carry a bear, you are not able to, or you shouldn't be able to carry the bear, but you're gonna go get it fixed. If you need to get your shit fixed, you shouldn't be able to carry the bear. Right. You see how? You Am see I how stupid? Confused. Am I like Grant? You got long hair. You're 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 a you're a mountain. Presu- you're you're a Viking. Am I wrong here? Should you be able to carry a bear and also have a hip that's going to get fixed with a surgeon two weeks later? You tell me. 
as a Viking with a kinesiology degree, absolutely not. <laughs> like you're not like you're not carrying a bear down a terrain like that if you're concerned about your hip. And then the fact to use it as an excuse, and then you get your wife to come in with some, you know, recording call stuff is a little sketchy. But you know, at the end of the day, you you done fucked up, Aaron. <laughs> Right. So then, yeah, on, exactly. so then, on top of that, his follow-up point was that the confusion and the fans roasting him was John Harbaugh's fault because John Harbaugh went in front of the media and said, "I don't know what's going on." We're three morons discussing this. We're confused as fuck. Do you think John Harbaugh had any fucking idea what's going on? Because the team doctors are telling John Harbaugh that you know Derek Wolf needs this fucking career-ending surgery here, and like he's never going to play again. But then you pop open Instagram and you see him carrying a dead fucking bear on a mountain. Like, of course, he's going to be confused and be like, yeah, fuck it. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Just the whole fucking thing is just like, Derek Wolf, what are you doing? And then you have the audacity to charge fans $100 to meet you. I told you $100 because Botox is expensive, man. Yeah, right. Letting your wife speak for you when. Okay. And listen. He, he tweeted, my wife's a bulldog. I love it. Fuck you. Fight your own battles, you pussy. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I'm not a, you know, a, like, keep your wife in the in the shadows guy. I'm saying this is a professional athlete. So, like, he's a, a guy in the, the forefront. So, you can't let your wife be your your spokesperson when you're the, you're the name, but you're letting her be that spokesperson. So, you know, if, she, if she's causing trouble, that, that's your problem. No, and on top of that, like, He's got a radio show, I believe. I think that was his radio show that Bobby Drossett called into. I don't think it was vice versa. It so was. he's yeah. So he's got a platform. I mean, he could if there was like you know they they if there's smoke there's fire. Like if there was smoke and the Ravens actually did something wrong, like he has the platform to put that out there. Because if the Ravens are really that irresponsible with players' health and shit like that, like that's something you should probably put out in the open but he hasn't because he's a fucking moron and he's wrong. So again, just, just the most bizarre family, the most bizarre incident that I've ever watched unfold on the internet. And for whatever reason, people are apologizing to him now, which I just don't get. Like I, I, nobody did anything wrong by calling him out for being a fucking moron. I almost used a word that I can't use. And I stopped myself. So I, very, I heard you started. I heard I'm, you started. I'm, I'm very, I'm very proud of myself. So um, <laughs> I just need to point that out in public, but no, like it, it, I just, I don't get it. I've never, I've never been so confused by a situation in my life and just watching Derek Wolf talk. I'm like, what are you doing, pal? Grant, thoughts? I got nothing on it because I just don't get how somebody can just be that just unaware right. and, and, the and, then, and then cry victim on it and then try to blame a team that, like there's not a million other players that can vouch for, I mean, I get there's the injury concerns. People blame a lot on Steve Saunders, but you're blaming the coach and the strength coach for your stupidity is just fucking weird. Injuries suck. Like I'm sure Derek Wolf is fucking mad that he can't play football anymore. And I'm sure none of the players who've gotten hurt for the Ravens want to be hurt. Like I get it. It's going to cause sour grapes, but like the fact that we as a fan base and not, I don't say we, that's, that's wrong. The fact that people as a fan base are buying into his bullshit because they don't like John Harbaugh is fucking wild to me. I, I don't like John thing. Harbaugh, and I'm not buying into his no, bullshit. No, I, I again, right message potentially, absolutely wrong messenger. Yeah. Like there's there's no denial of that. Like there should just nobody should believe Derek Wolf. 
Everybody, when Derek Wolf says anything negative about the Ravens, they should tell him to fuck off. He should get the Bernard Pollard treatment because that's the level that he's at for me in terms of like fucking anti Ravens bullshit that makes no sense. It's, it's Derek Wolf and Bernard Pollard are 1A and 1B in my book at the moment. All right, message, wrong messenger. That, that's perfect encapsulation of the situation at hand. So I'll leave it at that. Should we get into the Ravens Facebook shit too with uh, hiring that bullshit offensive coordinator? Uh, Will? I think it's it, it, it it's worth mentioning that uh, I've seen yeah. some people on Facebook mentioning Ken Niamatololo as a a a uh, an offensive coordinator potential hire, which is one of the more ridiculous uh, suggestions I've seen. This guy, you know, I don't want to downplay what he did at Navy, but if people are mad about the offense right now, they would be like burning their house towns and murdering their neighbors. If, if Ken Niamatololo was calling the offense, it, he, he, it's a triple, triple option offense. It's, it, it's not something that we need here. It's not a progression. It's a regression. Uh, You know, there's, there's better options that are out there and could potentially be out there. I think that Drew may have, yeah, I was say back in November, you and I had a um, very relevant discussion to this. So if we beat the Steelers on New Year's, I think that that clinches a losing record for Mike Tomlin, I believe. I think that that would be their ninth loss, correct? Yeah. So they, Mike Tomlin loses, clinches his first losing season with Pittsburgh. He doesn't want to deal with that mental midget George Pickens who doesn't show up for the second half of games anymore. And he says, fuck this, I'm done. I'm done with the Steelers. You know, I want to go somewhere else. Mike Tomlin goes to Arizona um, because that's a pretty logical progression. That's where Bruce Arians went. That just seems to be there's some kind of pipeline there. And so uh, Ken Wisenhunt went there from the Steelers at one point, too. There's some kind of progression there. Again, he spent his you know entire coaching career in shitty cold Pittsburgh. He wants to go to retire to the desert. That's where old people go. So that, that makes sense. Cliff Kingsbury's out in Arizona at that point. I think Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury's out regardless of what they do. Um, Arizona has just not worked out. And so we bring Cliff Kingsbury in to be our offensive coordinator. I don't see any issues with that, and I can't see how anybody would be mad at that. Grant, as a um, you know George Pickens lover and somebody who wants to see our offense be better with passing the ball, where are, you, are you a fan of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury being in Baltimore? I could use the innovation to the offense. So, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think it'd be – a good fit to kind of bring some life to the offense. But we know John Harbaugh, unless he's got Cliff Kingsbury on speed dial, he's not bringing him in. He's, you know, bringing his buddies in and just going to hold on to him for as long as he can. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it'd be a good move. We need some juice to the offense. And, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, he's he's got he's got the right ideas and he's a great offensive mind. And you can see that in the Cardinals offense. But Kyler Murray's not good. And, that's He's a, he can't you got to move the pocket every time because you can't see over the line. So but at the end of the day, I mean, his spacing, I mean, we've talked about the spacing with Greg Roman, how terrible it is. His spacing on, you know, at, at different levels is phenomenal for the skilled players you have to open the field up more for Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. And I think it'd be a good fit. But what this is hey, I don't think I'll have much of a choice. I don't think he gets another head coaching job in the NFL. So it would really come down to is he going to be. And again, he came from a college offensive coordinator to an NFL head coach. So it's not like he's got some, you know, college to fall back on. Um, Will and I basically want to put this out in public. We had this, I think it was November 15th, right? I looked up the timestamp or you looked up the timestamp. 
Yep. So, I mean, we've been talking about this for months and now people are starting to whisper about it. So we just got to get out in front of it that Will and I started this and this is our intellectual property. And if you are on the Cliff Kingsbury to Baltimore bandwagon, then you're stealing from Will and I. And well, and also, just... I mean, it should be clear that if the Ravens do this, then they owe us uh, a percentage of the contract they pay the, the offense. Like a finder, yeah, finder seat. Yeah. I mean, Greg Roman's the highest paid coordinator in the NFL right now. So I assume Cliff Kingsbury would just be the highest paid coordinator when we get rid of Greg Roman. So, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars each in the wills of my way. I, I think well, that that I would mean, go. Even if, it's, even if it's less, it's fine. You know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll negotiate. It's fine. That's, yeah. that, that's what I do. I'll tell you what. I'll trade. I'll trade my entire share to never wear white pants again. I'm sold. I'm in. Yeah, I'm. 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 Uh, I'm making that decision for both of us, and I think that it's. Uh, it's the right move. That's me. So, like on the record, I'm. I'm giving hundreds of thousands of dollars away in intellectual property for never again to see the Ravens in white pants. Yep. I feel like that is a fair trade. You can you can put those white pants in a museum somewhere. You can do whatever the fuck you want with them. Just never wear them on the field. And the mustard pants, too. I want to get rid of those, too. I'm giving up hundreds of thousands of dollars here. I feel yeah, like I, I am nervous those are going to make a comeback. Those need to yeah. be gone. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, so no mustard pants, no white pants, and you can hire Cliff Kingsbury. I feel like that's a win-win-win. You know? Yeah, yeah, yep. Everybody's happy. Great. So. I'd say so. We haven't worn the mustard that horrible with Mark Trespass. We've worn them one time and we lost. Get them out of here. They're they're not even part of my my universe. They're no. a, no. I think that I just was, don't I just don't want the threat. I just don't want them there like looming. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if I see them show up on the field with those yellow pants, I will I will show up on the field and then yeah. there's gonna be a big problem. I will book the first flight out to Baltimore just to make that happen. Let's not do that. But anywho That's going to do it for this week's episode. We will be back next week to discuss what the hell happens on NFL Network on Saturday afternoon slash evening. But meanwhile, I'm going to make a noise. Oh! See ya! Zone 32. 32.